the stories, many of, of the scriptures speak of your love, the compassion that you have for us. But, but Lord, we know as a part of that love and compassion, you shape and mold us into the people uh, that we're called to be. And God, I just pray that as we um, talk about our bodies, knowing that uh, a spirit of fear or comparison can come in, Lord. We know that's not of you. And God, we ask uh, that that would just be removed here today. But instead, would we see you, Lord, the author and perfecter of our faith and how you desire to shape and mold us into who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, check out this video real quick. So when it came time to having kids, we were just wanting this vision of an active family where we were, you know, giving the best foods to our kids and doing that. And why wouldn't we do that for ourselves as well? So, um, yeah, and for me personally, when I had my son... I was uh, diagnosed with preeclampsia at the latter part of my pregnancy, and um, that was a big surprise. My blood pressure shot up over 200, and I was admitted to the hospital, and um, it was scary. And for most people, that resolves right after delivery. For some, it can persist for six weeks after delivery, and I was one of those people. So when I looked at um, the possibility of having to be on a blood pressure medication. That just was like, I don't want this for um, myself. I don't want to, more so, I want to um, just have a life without restriction. I would say the thing that really inspired me was uh, having a, a family. First off, you see yourself in a lot of pictures, and I think sometimes that can be eye-opening. You start thinking really long-term, like, what do I want to be when I'm 60 years old, you know? That's probably how old I'm going to be when I have grandkids. Am I going to have energy to play with them? Am I going to be healthy enough to really be around for them? And then just setting an example for your, your child. Am I the person that he can look to as a role model, or am I just going to be someone that, that tells him what he should be doing, but he can't necessarily follow my actions? I mean, I think... That was uh, the biggest thing, inspiration, was just what person do I want to be for my family and, and what kind of family life do I want to have. I think if you're a spiritual person, it, it's very similar to your faith life. I mean, I think you start faith life and you think about it's all these rules that I have to follow and it's going to be really hard. And then I think as you get into it, you realize that it actually kind of makes your life easier, kind of puts everything in balance and perspective. And I think exercise can be very similar. It really adds balance to your life. And I think the other thing is just, it can be fun. Like you don't have, to, it doesn't have to be serious. And, you know, I think sometimes you get caught up in a diet and it's like, I have to reach this by this date. And I think just take a long-term view. I mean, just say, this is a lifestyle change. This isn't a diet. You know, if, if I don't reach my goal by the exact date, I'm just trying to move the ball in a direction. I don't have to hit this goal by this date. And I think that also is a big thing. It's just the perspective. And I mean, I think for me, you know, it was about having kids and being active with my family. And I think that just really put in perspective. This isn't like lose 10 pounds to feel better for the summer. This is what I want to be 10, 15 years from now. It's a very godly attribute to put others first and to be a caregiver, or, you know, to put your family's needs first. And um, I think that if you put that perspective of you know, we are part of God's creation too, 
and he wants us to steward ourselves as well. Um, it's just, it's important. There's a couple of things uh, when watching that video that Derek and Liz were talking about that kind of stood out. But one thing in particular um, was the statement that Derek had made. He had said um, that when, uh, like, the spiritual walk, this, this life with Jesus, um, there's some similarity to kind of in our health. And he said, if you heard it, that it seems um, like the life of faith, uh, it seems like a lot of rules at first. It seems like just a lot of law and, and condemnation, right? And a lot of things that need to change. But, but when we get into those very things, it's, it's more than that. It provides some balance in our life. And I would even say it, it makes us into who we were and are created to be. Uh, welcome to week number two of Bod for God. And if you were here last week, uh, you may have thought a little bit more about the outfit that you were going to wear to church this week, knowing where we're at here today, right? Uh, I was thinking about showing up in one of those t-shirts that's got like the painted six-pack or something like that, right here, couldn't find any of them, but, um, but this, is, uh, this is what we're talking about, because this is part of our, our walk with, with God. It's part of who we are, and, and God has some things to say about our body and who we are. Now, I want to be careful here today because I know that when we talk about our bodies, that this is a very culturally sensitive thing. You might show up here and, and hear like, oh man, I, I don't want to hear another thing about how I got to eat vegetables on Father's Day of all days, really. <laughs> who planned this out? But, but I want us to hear the heart of this. Because it's not just a matter of how we look on the outside when we talk about our body. Our body is holistic, our mental, our social well-being, but also our physical well-being as well. And today we'll talk about the inspiration for that bod for God. It's incredibly important. But to start off, it's only fair, once again, we have to say, Happy Father's Day. Can we say thank you to the fathers in the room here, please? And today exists because we want to say thank you. That's why Father's Day exists, and Hallmark wanted to sell a couple more cards, right? Today exists for that reason. And it's today we, we say thank you out of gratitude, so we send a, a father a card that may be a little sappy and say thank you for what and who you are. Today, out of gratitude, we say thank you and we call our parents and we listen to what you're going to do today for the rest of the time, right? Out of gratitude to say thank you. And wives in the room, today you say Thank you to your husbands and allow them to control the remote control as they watch the U.S. Open and try to stay awake for more than like 20 minutes, right? Out of gratitude, you say thank you. Thank you. Because that's why today exists. But as I was thinking about Father's Day, it, 
it kind of reminded me that there can be a difference between saying thank you out of gratitude and, and thank you out of duty. You know what I'm saying? Like today can be a day where we're out of duty, got to say one time a year, okay, thank you, Dad, for all that you do. Today could be a day where, where it shouldn't be, but sometimes we just do it out of duty to call up our parents, you know, and, and say, thank you, Dad, and then try to quickly press that red button, right, to get off the phone. And today can be a, a day of thankfulness out of duty, and you go home and let your husband watch the U.S. Open, but the whole time you complain about how boring it is to watch golf on TV. See, if our understanding... If our inspiration behind our thankfulness is out of duty instead of out of gratitude, we've missed the whole point. But instead, it's called to be out of gratitude. It, this guy, uh, Simon Sinook, he's uh, one of my, uh, an author that I really appreciate, and he has this uh, principle. He's done a couple of TED Talks before and written some books, and he has the principle called the Golden Circle. Uh, maybe you've heard of this before. And he says, referring to the business world, he talks about how like many companies don't understand the, uh, the golden circle. Because what happens is oftentimes companies will, will come and tell you what they do and how they do it. He says, most companies will say, uh, here's what we do and how we do it. But Simon says, the elite companies, the ones who really get it, they don't start with the what and the how, but they get to the why. They get to the why we exist. Why we do what we do. And essentially what Simon's pointing out is, is that we need inspiration in everything that we do. That we don't get caught in the what and the how. Those are important, but we need to know our why. And today, for us, and our bod for God, we need to know our why. Why we're called to do what we do, and I'll give it simply to you here right now. That, that our why is because God has rescued us by the blood of the cross, by the redemption of His Son. God has rescued us and now we're called to live a life of gratitude back to him. The scriptures would use many metaphors to describe that. One of them would be of a race. This comes from Hebrews chapter 12. Look at these words that the author says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set, up, set before us. He continues, he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It's so interesting, I, that, that statement, keeping our eyes on Jesus, our focus in the right place, who initiates and perfects not his faith, but our faith as well. That it gives us this perspective 
of how we're supposed to look and where our inspiration lies. Now, the metaphor of running a race is is solid. I'm not going to argue with the scriptures on, well, your metaphor was kind of weak. But I I like a different image for us here today. I I like uh, the image of a tightrope, all right? Anybody know this guy by chance? You remember him? His name's Nick Walenda. Uh, He is famously known as the guy who tightroped across the, uh, the Grand Canyon. Wouldn't suggest that you try that, all right? And like three or four years ago, he decided to go from a skyscrapers, and, and uh, two of them in Chicago. For some reason, he decided to do it in the winter. I don't know why he did that. But, uh, but, but he gives us this example of, of tightrope walking here. Because I feel like for us here today, that this is the tension that we live in. That fixing our eyes in the right place is a difficult thing to do because we can easily fall off on one side or the other. It's not simple. It's not easy to live a life of gratitude to God. But in order for us to focus and fix our eyes in the right place, we have to see as well where our eyes shouldn't go. For us today, I want to talk about two symptoms of a lack of gratitude. The first one would be this. It's narcissism. Narcissism is this excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. Narcissism says, I don't like the body that, that God is, has given me, so I'm going to fix it. Or I'm going to try to perfect it so much that, that my focus is all on me. I mean, it's pretty obvious as we live in a culture that's filled with cell phones and selfie sticks and everybody's like Facebook live and stuff all the time just to see how I look. I don't have to have a mirror in my purse anymore. By the way, I don't have a purse. But I don't have to have a mirror in in my purse anymore. But I've got my cell phone that I can just play the video and look at myself now. Maybe you've seen this before. We live in a culture that just falls into this dangerous territory often of where we fall off just thinking all about ourselves. Jesus would say like this, he would say, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is see my inspiration leads me to where i'm supposed to be going and my focus needs to be in the right place jesus says my eyes need to be focused on the right thing because if all i'm doing is focusing on myself as i'm walking this line it's pretty dangerous for me My tendency is I might fall instead of where I'm supposed to be going. But this isn't like something that's just uh, a biblical truth. Greek mythology gets this as well. I mean, you've maybe heard the story of Narcissus, the Greek god, known as uh, one of the more beautiful gods that was ever created according to Greek mythology. And he kind of knew it as well because people kept telling him. And in Greek mythology, we hear that his 
enemy, Nemesis, has the perfect plan against Narcissus. He devises this plan that he's going to take him to this beautiful, crystal clear lake. And when he takes him there, he's going to say, why don't you look at your reflection in that lake? And Narcissus, you know what he did? He sat there and stared at himself. Stared at himself until the very day that he died. Hence where we get this thought of narcissism. We realize that this is not healthy for us as people. To just be focused in on ourselves. Because when I see narcissism, I see insecurity in us as people. When I see narcissism, I see just constant new anti-aging creams. When we see narcissism, I see a self-absorbed world that just judges based upon appearance and is very shallow in how we look at people and who they are created to be. We must take our focus off of ourselves. But there's another symptom of a lack of gratitude. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The other symptom is Gnosticism, Uh, this old heresy, a a false teaching that the church points out. It's a religious perspective that prioritizes the spiritual over the physical. See, the other side of of this dangerous walk is, is that we can fall into this thought thinking that, well, it doesn't matter what I do with my body. It doesn't matter really what goes on here. Heaven's my home. I'm just passing by right now, so bring on another cheeseburger. See, that's just another fault that we fall into. That this place matters as well to God. And our bodies do as well. In fact, the scriptures would say this in 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? A temple, a a place where God is dwelling, who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. God is living inside of us, and he says our bodies are important, that we were bought with a price. So we should honor God with our body. Now the context here of this scripture is is Paul's not writing and saying like, hey, uh, don't get two Chick-fil-A sandwiches, all right? He's not talking about food here. He's talking about sexual immorality in the church. He's saying even in that arena, your body, it matters what you do with it. And we should honor God with our body. See, if narcissism focuses on itself, Gnosticism just gets caught in the tightrope, right? It just says, like, well, I'm just stuck here, and I don't got to go anywhere else. Totally content with just wrapping my foot around this, and we're going to stay. Because this isn't even a reality. But when I see narcissism, or rather, when I see Gnosticism, I see this reckless living that happens in our culture. I see something that's harmful to our body, that we become exhausted and and we're being controlled by our stomach instead of being controlled by the Spirit of God and where we're supposed to be. 
And it leads us to another place where we're not grateful with what God has first given us. So the question then does become like, okay, Pastor Dave, uh, great. The solution, I got to fix my eyes on Jesus. Not sure where Jesus is in this room right now. I mean, what, it, what, is that, what does that look like? Where, where am I supposed to be? Thanks for the Sunday school answer again. Jesus, all right, great. What, is that, what does that mean? Well, the author of Hebrews would, would say here, he would continue in that narrative in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, because of the joy awaiting him. Some would translate it, instead of the joy awaiting him, speaking of Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he, Jesus, is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. He says, think of this. Think of all the hostility. When you look to Jesus, think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people, which includes me. And then... You won't become weary and give up. Think and focus on Jesus and all that he's done. Because when I see Jesus, when I focus on Jesus, I see him healing people. When I look and I I see Jesus, I see him worshiping God with the very body that he took on and the flesh that he had. When I see Jesus, I see him forgiving people in this world. When I see Jesus, I see him laying down his life for his brother and not just taking selfies all the time. When I see Jesus, I see him dying on the cross. When I see Jesus, I see him rising from the dead and bringing hope and salvation to this world and I see him in what he's done for me see the reality is is that as we walk on this rope as I stay on this rope when I focus on Jesus it's not that he's at some distance waiting for me to get to him but the truth the gospel is that Jesus has come to me amen he's come to me right here he's walking He's walking with me. He's walked the path that I can't go on my own. But he's walking with me as we move forward, including in my body. You know, it would be a great tagline for a church to talk about that we desire to look, to live, to love more like Jesus. And I hate to be sarcastic if it's your first time here. That's what we believe at Trinity. That we believe that we should look, that we should live, and that we should love more like Jesus. Not out of duty, but out of gratitude of what He has done for me. But it has me thinking a little bit um, of Father's Day, right? Uh, these are my three kids right here. 
all right? Yes, I know they're adorable, okay? <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, today's a busy day in our household. Uh, after this, uh, the second service, um, I've got like a little bit of a window before we have uh, Bible study up at our church at uh, Trinity Galewood tonight, uh, 5 o'clock. And so um, there's going to be about like a 20-minute window where Dad's going to fall asleep watching the U.S. Open, right? And uh, before that happens... Um, we're going to have a little party to celebrate Father's Day today. And I was thinking about this, like my kids uh, and mom have, you know, put this plan together and, and they're going to get me a gift, right? It's not going to be anything great or grand or, or something like that, right? But it's, it's going to be a special gift. And there's going to be that look on my daughter Raylan's face as she like just hands me that gift, right? And as her dad, I'm going to open that gift and I'm going to be so grateful and excited and thankful for, for what she has given me. But, but as I was thinking about it, there's a little bit of a reality check that's happening here as well. Because while this is incredibly beautiful and great that, that they're going to be giving me a gift, here's the reality. I already paid for that gift. You know what I'm saying? That came out of daddy's pocket. And I only wonder, and am convinced, that God is saying the same thing to you and me today. Amen? He's saying, you know what? I've given your body. I've given you what you have today. And what I desire for you to do is just to be giddy and thankful and out of gratitude, just say thank you back to me. And I want that to be your inspiration, to, to look to me, the author and perfecter of your faith, and to give back to me. Not just your Sunday morning, but, but your every being and who you are. Because you're mine. You're mine. And I know that, that this road is kind of difficult. I know that like, it seems like a mountain. It seems like a lot of steps to get to the top. And, and we recognize that here at Trinity because we want to be a part of helping all of our people look, live, and love more like Jesus. And so if you look at this card right here, I'd ask you to pull it out. And Pastor Dan was talking about we have all kinds of opportunities during this series to just kind of kickstart that journey with you. I mean, we have the walking groups that are happening. We have yoga classes that are going on. And we've got this guy. Dave is going to be here next weekend to, to help. Like He's an expert in this field and would love to just give some wisdom and advice on this. I, if you leave, when you leave after the service here, there's going to be a couple of nursing students who would love to help you get those numbers and show you what that looks like to, to live that healthy life and make those simple first steps. But, but all of that is to be said is to be lost. If you're trying to get the six-pack and look good for the summer, you've missed the point. Your inspiration, our inspiration, as the people of God, is because Jesus has rescued me. He's redeemed me. And now, he calls me to live a life of gratitude. 
Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for just the gift, the life that you have given us. And God, we know that it's difficult to follow all that you've called us to do. And I pray, Lord, especially in those times where, where maybe we've fallen off the tightrope on this, where we've fallen into narcissism or, or just Gnosticism. God, would we just take our eyes off of everything else and put them on you, the author and perfecter of our faith? God, give us strength to do that here as a church not out of condemnation or judgment or fear, but out of gratitude because of you. Amen. Thank you for spending some time in God's Word with us during this message. It was recorded live in worship at Trinity Church in Lyle, Illinois, where God is leading us on our mission to look, live, and love more like Jesus. Would you like to know more about our relationship with Christ or more about Trinity, who we are, what we believe, and where and when you might join us in worship or a growth group. Please visit our website at tlc4u.org. That's the letters T, L, C, the number four, and the letter U.org. May God bless you and yours abundantly through Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening.